Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good morning again. My name is Father Ryan Betway, and I'm one of the pastors here at Corpus Christi Anglican Church. Merry Christmas to you. We're, we're so excited to be with you all in this, this quirky once every seven years celebration of Christmas Day on a Sunday, Sabbath. And, um, so thank you for uh, putting down your, your presence and coming this morning. I know, kids, it must have been difficult for you, but... Um, Just like we engaged you first and foremost last night, we're going to start engaging you once again uh, with a a question. So be ready for it. I'm going to come right to you right after we pray. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, may the uh, meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O God my rock and my redeemer. Bless this day, and may you come, the light of life, to enlighten us and our minds and our hearts, to transform us into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, as promised, last night, Father Morgan asked a question, and he asked everybody to raise their hands if you have ever been scared of the dark. So another point. Yeah, so you can just raise your hand. Anybody, anybody scared of the dark before? All right, great. Of course. All right, this one's kind of be a, a little bit stranger of a question, but actually, you might relate to it. How many of you have ever, ever been scared of the light? Been scared of a light? A light scared you? Anybody? You're going to think about it for a second. And maybe even startled by the light, surprised by the light. Who, who wants to share a time when they were scared of the light or startled by the light? Anybody? Casey? When the light turns on when you don't want it to, it usually means that somebody's awake and sick when you would rather not be awake. Uh, <laughs> Casey is speaking out of her trauma, waking up and seeing her children likely coming in to say, I don't feel good, my tummy hurts. Yes, absolutely. Joshua? Yeah, you see that light, and you're like, I'd rather it be dark again, please. I, I just, I'm going to close my eyes and pretend like I didn't see you or hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, sorry. We only have time for a few. You guys can share afterwards, though. I would love to hear. See, once, once we get going, once you think about it, you, you start to remember, like, this is, this is not as strange of an experience as you may think right off the bat. Um, we, we all experience this in some way or another. I had this experience on the way here. I was driving, and um, it, it's just the way that the road was, um, especially this morning was the first time I frosted and needed to scrape my car uh, this year. And uh, I, so it was like especially a, just a little bit more on guard, a little bit chillier than usual. And I'm driving here, and I'm 
I'm squinting through the um, through the, the windshield, and, and it, I hit the road at such a point, and the sun was at such an angle that it was literally right in my eyes, and it was like coming through, and it felt like it was I was inside of a crystal, and it was like coming at all different angles, and I was like, I think the road is clear ahead of me, but I'm really just guessing. The light is just so bright in my eyes. I, I, was, I was overwhelmed with the brilliance of, of the sun in this moment. And I'm like, this is probably why they teach you uh, in driver's school to like look down at the side of the road in these circumstances to see the, the lines, because really you don't, you don't have any other, anything else to go off of. Uh, and this is, um, this, uh, and then like you, I turned the corner and, and then the, the sun was over here and I could see off the reflection of light, it was much more soothing, much easier for me to drive at that point. So, truth be told, that it was only like 30 seconds that I drove that way. Everyone be reassured. Um, but it, it is, it's, it's difficult. We, we have this, uh, you know, we, we, we relate to this experience of being afraid of the dark, but we don't necessarily always think like being afraid of the light in its own way. This is what we experience in, in some way, the Christian life is um, not so much the, the uh, immediate relationship of being afraid of the light of life that has come in Jesus. But, but in fact, uh, it, it gives us pause. It gives us, it's, it's shocking. It can, be, it can be disorienting at times. Uh, and yet, it is truly the light of life. God has come to us. But we need to acknowledge that how difficult it is at times to receive this truth that God has come, that the God-man has come, that the light of life has come to us in a child born of a virgin, come to die and suffer and be raised again after three days to ascend into heaven as a seat at the right hand of God. You see, uh, this is what the Christian life is, that we as a common humankind are transformed into Christ's likeness through the eternal light of life. We're common people, transformed into Christ's likeness through the eternal light of life. There's two reasons it's hard for us to do this, that it's just difficult. The first I'm hinting at here, that in Christ we behold the light of life, the glory of the light of life. In the person of Christ, the light of life has drawn near to us, and it's hard to look at such brilliance without squinting, or even turning away when we're used to the darkness. Just like... Just like Joshua was saying, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I see the light, I just want to pretend like it's not there, so you like close your eyes, and it's like, okay, maybe if I just close my eyes, it won't be there anymore, and you're like, okay, it's still there, but I'd, I'd rather sleep, so you kind of roll over back towards the darkness of, instead of the, the window, and it, it, it's inevitable. But guess what? It's still there. The, 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 the sun's not going anywhere, but, um, but this, is, this is the reality of why... This is exactly who Jesus is. He's the light of life. And it can be difficult for us when we see his brilliance to receive it. Jesus is the eternal word and the son of God. 
the second person of the Holy Trinity. He took on human nature to be the Savior and the Redeemer of the world and the only mediator between God and fallen humanity. These are the words of our catechism answering this question of who is Jesus. Jesus himself says it in this passage. Excuse me, John says it in this passage. In him the light was, and the humankind, and the life was humankind's light. What brilliance. How, how difficult to comprehend the eternal light of glory. I have a hard enough time comprehending my own history, let alone like, like my own day, thinking about 24 hours time, let alone my own history. Let alone think about 400 years of, of, uh, of United States history. Or, or, uh, uh, but then I take that history and I go to Europe and, and I go to Rome and I, 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 I talk about United States history of three to four hundred years, and they're like, what? That, we call that contemporary society around here. And then I, I, I lived in China for two years, and when I go there, they just laugh and walk away when I talk about United States history. Because, again, that's, we're talking about over 5,000 years of history. They think of their history in chunks of thousands of years. So it's all relative in that sense, but when we start to take even human history and we think that the eternal light, eternal, the Alpha and Omega, has no beginning and no end. And as this passage says, Jesus came to his own creation, begotten of the Father, and yet he was the one who created. What a mind-blowing thing to think. Can we possibly behold the light of glory in a human? That God has come in the flesh to dwell among us. That the eternal has stepped into time. It might take us a second. It might blow our hair back a bit that we behold the eternal light of glory. And yet another reason that it's hard to receive Christ is, is our relationship to the darkness. You see, in this passage we see that the light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. See, this word shining, it, it, it can also mean something becomes clear or it appears. It seems or it shows something to be true. When, when I lived in China for those two years, when I first arrived there... It was so overwhelming. We call it culture shock. In a lot of ways, I, I arrived there, and um, I was only 22 years old, and I had a little bit of uh, language training. But really, when push came to shove, I, I, I only was able to understand so much of what was happening around me. Not just the language, but the culture. So I was able to say, ni hao, which means hello. Uh, and... And that was about it. I, I was so overwhelmed with all of the sounds and sensations, the, the new foods I was experiencing, the new relationships around me. Everything was so overwhelming. And yet that's the, the, the reality of what I was experiencing, was if I was going to get by, I was going to need to learn something. Even, even the phrase, the one that I'll never forget, um, uh, which means... Uh, it, which means furniture store on 
Chongwei Street. Um, the reason I learned that phrase and will never forget it is because I use it with every taxi I was in. Because I lived right across the street from the furniture store on Chongwei Street, which I had to learn that because I, I, I struggled my first two weeks I was there. I, I literally had no idea how to get home. Um, and so I, I found myself walking miles and miles to get home. And I said, you know what? I think it's going to be expedient for me to learn how to do this. So I asked a friend, and he said, this is a phrase you have to learn. Put it on a card, and I finally had it memorized. I will never forget that one. And it's utterly useless in, in conversation unless you want to go to this extraordinarily specific place. Imagine that experience of, of beginning to grope through this uh, this this like this really difficult experience, this culture shock of you, let alone getting to fluency, let, let alone experiencing um, all of the steps required to get there. Fluency uh, takes time. It's uncomfortable. It requires effort, concentration, devotion. It requires support from myriad people. Think of this English idiom that we have that to shed light upon something. You see, even though we might see the light, that God might shed light on his gloriousness, his beauty, through the light of life in Christ, it still takes time for us to understand it even though we know it, let alone to fully embody Christ, let alone to fully comprehend, to apprehend that is to say, to let Jesus take hold of us. So too with our discipleship. This is the nature of our discipleship. It takes time for us, when we're so used to the darkness, to take hold of the light. We have the hope. The light of life has drawn near and meets us in this child in a manger. And is able to sympathize entirely with our condition, being vulnerable yet without sin. But we have a hope. And the hope is in that same verse that the darkness has not overcome it. I, I think a better way of, of thinking about this is that the darkness, it hasn't laid hold of the light. It, it hasn't taken possession of the light. See, the, the nature of spiritual, spiritual darkness is such that it does not lay hold of Christ's glory. It does not overcome the glory of God in Christ. I, I don't need to illustrate terribly far for us today, but we're all familiar in our own lives with the scourge of spiritual darkness, sin and death let alone in our societies, our cultures, in our world. We don't have to look far to see that darkness has, is here, and we, and we know it. And yet, Christ is calling us into the light of life to press in. And he doesn't leave it entirely up to us. He says in this passage that in Christ, God enlightens us to make the light of life our own. And this is the Christian life. We need a God who isn't just the light of life. 
Or even a God who, as the light of life, comes to his own and dwells among us. We also need a God powerful enough to overcome that grip of darkness, of spiritual darkness that holds us in our lives and in our world so tightly. War and famine, broken relationships and death. We need a God who knows that we need time to take in the brilliance of the Almighty and at just the right time turns that dimmer switch to the fullness of his light in our lives. God not only is the light of life who shines, but he is also the one who awakens us to his light. He is the true light who enlightens all mankind coming into the world. And we see in those verses 9 through 13 that God, that the, the terrible tragedy is that the world did not receive him. But to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, as members of God's family, we already have been taken hold of. We've been possessed, we have been comprehended and apprehended by Jesus. As we see in Philippians 3 verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. See, this is what it means for us. This is the call of Christmas morning. But the light of life has come to a, a common people for an uncommon transformation, as we say here at Corpus Christi. A 19th century philosopher and theologian says it this way, it is the primal gesture by which man reacts to the light of Christ that has reached his eyes, the original gesture directed to God. It is, in other words, the adequate consequence of our consciousness, of being in need of redemption on the one hand, and our comprehension of being called by Christ on the other hand. Our surrender to Christ implies a readiness to let him transform us without setting any limit to the modification of our nature under his influence. See, we need a Savior and a Redeemer who is not satisfied with merely shining light from outside the room where we dwell. Or even satisfied enough that we open the door to let that light in. We need a Redeemer and a Savior who will enter in. A Savior and a Redeemer who will give us his spirit to overtake us, to totally transform the darkness 
of life and the world into the likeness of his son Jesus. And this is the hope of the Christian life. This is the hope of Christmas morning. This is what it means to be God's family, to come to his table and eat. When we become the children of God, our highest fidelity is to him, not to our families, not to our country, as important as those things are, not even to ourselves. Our highest and primary fidelity is to Christ. And we are subject no longer to the darkness that we're so used to, but instead to the light of life that we can only comprehend through the power of His Holy Spirit working in us. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for the light of life. Move in us to apply our faith once again and to receive your light in places where we have not individually felt transformation. Come to our, our world that we may experience your transforming love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.